one thing we talk about it a little bit here and there, but I don't think we've like fully emphasized how fantastic it is that we get to do this show. We have been doing this for over two years now. It feels like longer, but also not. You know, it's one of those things where like in the moment, it feels like it's just there was never a before. Yeah. But somehow we're approaching the end and it's how it's flown by. We started the show when we were sophomores at Olivet College, now the University of Olivet. And of course, we are halfway through our final year, our senior year, which Mm. is a horrible thing to think about for us. But having the experience of doing this show has been an absolutely incredible thing because I don't think we would have gotten this opportunity anywhere else. Yeah, I hear that in other, like, larger, more well-known colleges. You don't even get to be on air until you're an upperclassman at the earliest. Yeah, I've heard that too. And that's the incredible thing about our parent station, WOCR 89.1, the one, that we were pretty much capable of doing things like this from the time that we came in as freshmen. And although we might not have started this until we were sophomores, that opportunity was there. And that's something that's always been there because WOCR is a station that has allowed students to pursue their passions, including some pretty notable alumni, one of whom I met almost exactly a month ago from when this episode is releasing on the day of our homecoming football game. A former station manager came in and we got to talking about music and it turns out that he makes music under the name of the infamous Orion. So just because I absolutely hate gatekeeping, I figured that we would introduce him to you, so I will allow him to introduce himself, but for now, the infamous Orion. From Mackinac to Motown, from Muskegon to Madonna, I'm Maggie. And I'm Bree, and you're listening to The Musical Mitten. Hi, my name's Corey Rogolsky, Uh, but most people know me as the infamous Orion in terms of the music world, and... Uh, For the last 15 years, I've been a small-time musician. Um, I started at the age of 12 when I took my dad's guitar. He really gave it to me, but I was playing it a lot at the time, so I was taking it from him at the most point. And I became a very big fan of bands like Guns N' Roses, a very big fan of bands such as... um, really that 80s stuff, because I liked anything that had a guitar in it. I moved over to the 90s shortly after, and then I've just been going around decade by decade um, until I became a full music nerd. I never started uh, recording until I was maybe 18, 17, 18-ish. I hung out in my bedroom at home all day, and um, I locked myself in the closet and made myself write music. Wouldn't let myself out until I wrote a song or two. Uh, cause before then, like I spent the ages of 12 and 17 trying to write music that went terribly. So one day I locked myself in there. It was in the night after a talent show. Cause I remember like, I wanted to do something original for it. Never had the opportunity to finish it. And so that night in frustration with myself, I went in there. I maybe composed like three songs that were just Okay. And then from there, I came out and I probably went out, grabbed um, this little audio interface. It's the one I'm actually recording this interview on right now that I got for Christmas. And uh, I started recording uh, my first 
little album, I guess. I wouldn't call it like a full album, but it was like a proof of concept. It was this little uh, album called Savory Subject Matter. I remember I was in high school at the time and I drew up like what I wanted it to look like. I drew up everything about like the album design. And then I recorded the whole thing maybe within a month. I had to write more music for it. It was all instrumental at the time. I didn't know a thing about mixing. I didn't know a thing about recording. It was just absolute madness for me. And at the end of it came Savory Subject Matter. I got some copyright free images for the <laughs> album art I wanted to do. So I had to like mix that with my drawings. So that worked out magnificently. And ever since then, I realized uh, my last name, Rokovsky, not exactly going to be marketable. So I was a big fan of Marvel Comics. I still am. I was a really big fan of the Stan Lee. So I knew I wanted that title in there. So I put in the infamous. And then uh, my parents originally wanted to name me Orion after the Metallica song. I didn't know how to spell Orion. So I spelt it with a Y for stylization. And that is how this whole thing started. Sorry, I was actually going to ask you about that. So I'm very glad that you addressed it early on. I didn't even have to bring it up. No, there's a small little side story to that. I um, got really into the Marx Brothers, like this old comedi comedian group, like from vaudeville days. And I wanted my uh, stage name to be a homage to them because they also had homage, uh, like, sorry, they had uh, stage names themselves. So they were Harpo Marx, Groucho Marx, Chico Marx, Gumo Marx, uh, and Zeppo Marx. So it was going to be the infamous Orion Marx, but then I realized, yeah, that doesn't roll off the tongue that well. So I, I shortened it. In fact, I think if you look up uh, Savory Subject Matter on my Bandcamp, you can see the original, uh, the infamous Orion Marx on there. Speaking of your Bandcamp, I know that you've got a lot of your music listed there, and some of your album covers look like they are a part of a series. Is there a reason for that? That's because they were. Um, so in 2018, when I was in college at Olivet College at the time, um, I was, uh, this is going to be a little dark. Um, I was on a medication that was doing very terrible things to me. It was painful getting off it. It was maddening. It was the kind of stuff where I would get like these brain zaps. Like, just imagine like a, a really intense, like brain fog almost in like a headache. At the time, I was living in a Gillette Apartments there. I was recording in the basement this album. Um, the album was basically, at the time, my way of getting out of that reality. Because I never knew really what was up and down at the time. It's just absolute brain fog all the time while getting off these uh, medications. So the album at the time, which became The Actors, was my way to get out of all of that it was everything i needed to put like creative creativity wise i was in a band um we were called the freeloaders at the time and we kind of broke up i was getting off this medication it was not a great time to be a Corey or an infamous orion and at that point i i had always wanted us to record as the freeloaders so i was writing this album of what the material for that would be and the freeloaders broke up. We never got to make the album. And so at the time, I was just going to re-release the music as the actors, as a band. I recorded the music and wrote it all in eight days. 
it was maddening. Uh, my roommates really hated me for using the basement because our washing machine was down there. If you listen to the actors enough, you can hear the washing machine go off a couple times. I don't care. I love it. And with that, the actors came out. I drew up the artwork in Canva. I was a big fan of Canva at the time, still am. And I was in love with the sound of this album. My friend Kenneth was a big supporter of it. It was this big creative achievement for me. And so I wanted to naturally expand it. I wanted to explore that sound more often. So from there, I did The Hughes, which was a sequel album trying to follow up on that sound. I don't think it worked as well. The idea would be it's the same sound, but in different hues, like different versions of the same color. And then um, following that, I did a song that I wanted really bad to add to the actors. It was called Time. Time went on to get um, a selection on uh, WRIF, a radio station in Detroit's uh, Michigan local block. And I really wanted to put that on the actors around the same time, but time was not fitting with the actor sound. So I moved it to the Hughes for that whole concept. You could say time was really the idea of where we move from here. And then following that, um, I did The Escapist right afterwards, which I would probably call the true sequel to the actors, which was more about going to the roots of that sound. And then I was a really big fan of David Bowie's Let's Dance period, as well as Daft Punk's um, Random Access Memories. So it got a lot more funkier towards the end when I was composing the music, like songs uh, It's Not Magic and Too Human definitely kind of follow those Nile Rogers uh, ideas. In fact, I really wanted to be him at that point. <laughs> so that trilogy became just this cohesive, well, not, I wouldn't say cohesive because the Hughes was definitely a weird point in it, but it became this idea of where do we go from this low point and how do we move forward? The Escapist got its title because it was, in one respect, um, a reflection of myself. At the time I was recording the actors, it was me using music as an escapist uh, fantasy, really just an escapist reality for myself. After that, The Escapist really took on a theme in some of its lyrics of escapism in itself. And yeah, I felt it was appropriate. Uh, red on the actors was very complimentary to the green on the escapist and those three became their own little shindig i like to call it the trilogy because each one has the the in the title i so first of all i absolutely love that that was like one of the first things like i was looking at your band camp page like when i first was listening to music i was like oh i'm sure that there's a story there but hilariously i currently live in gillette and when I record on my own, I record in our basement. The actors was recorded <laughs> in five. The Hughes was recorded in apartment two. Oh my God. Actually, another one of my albums, uh, Grounded Up Melodies, that was recorded specifically in the basement of nine. So if you look at the cover for Grounded Up Melodies, that is of one of the window views from uh, Gillette nine, like one of the top uh, bedrooms. But so we met actually because of all of it. Yes. A uh, few weeks ago at the homecoming event that we had going on here. 
So would you care to elaborate on like more of your experiences with the school? I believe you are also connected to WOCR, the radio station that we started out of. Yeah. So WOCR was very small when I first arrived. I uh, would come down and we had to turn on the tower. Well, not the tower. There was some device we had to turn on all the time to like start broadcasting. You would turn it on. You could hear the whole room kind of like get this like weird sound just like following up the whole thing. It might have been the transmitter. Our transmitter. That's the transmitter. Yep. Yep. Totally forgot. Uh, We would come on. Everybody had to do that at the beginning of their shift because we weren't 24 hours yet. Uh, We didn't have a website. So my sophomore year, I built the website for WOCR on my sophomore year. We did a lot. We started a rebranding campaign my freshman year where I made the new logo for WOCR in Canva at the time. Again, big fan in the Canva. And then from there, we got to 24 hours because of of an advisor we had at the time, Mark Paskett. Uh, I was the music director for WOCR as well. And totally saying it, I abused my power to put my music on there. Not ashamed of that. <laughs> and it is still there. We checked. Is Y'all, it really? Wait, how do you know it was mine? Uh, Pav had to tell me. <laughs> oh, yeah, Pav. Of course, Pav. That's actually the actors that's playing on WOCR to this day. That's so funny. Because like at the time, I was still music director. And again, I was very proud of that album. I'm still very proud of that album. I have a vinyl pressing of the actors in my apartment right now. Um, So I took like a USB drive and I shoved it onto WOCR. No one else knew what I was doing at the time. Uh, And it's still on there and it's still my baby. (laughs) There's a lot more we did for WOCR, but I totally forgot over the time. You've been listening to The Musical Mitten. We are based out of the University of Olivet, formerly Olivet College, where we have some pretty amazing alumni, including the voice behind the infamous Orion. We'll be back in just a few minutes with more from him. We're going to take a, like a quick break from like the more like music-based questions. We do, what do you call it? Silly question segment. <laughs> that, where they're just like a little bit silly, not nearly as serious, just kind of off the wall kind of questions. We're going to take a break and do that and then... Uh, we've just got a couple more questions before we wrap up, but she's got the first one, so I'll let her kick it off. <laughs> Is there a popular food combination that you just can't get behind? I, I it could be like fries on Frosties, anything that like is really popular, but you just don't love. Yes, and it's going to sound sacrilegious. I am not a fan of ketchup on hot dogs. Most people are big ketchup fans. Mm-hmm. No, I had like I was heavier at one point. And like, I had to give up a lot of sugar. It was around the same time I was getting off that medication. And like, I, once I got off like the sugar constantly, like juices and soda and whatnot, I can't go back. It's all too sweet for me now. Do you have any like weird conspiracy theories that you like low-key believe or like at least wouldn't say boo to? Like maybe like a cryptid or like birds aren't real, like that sort of thing. I did. And I'm trying to remember it now. Like, it, it's a very uncommon one, but it just makes too much sense to me. Uh, let me see if I'm, I'm Googling right now, because I'm pretty sure if I see it, I'll know it. Yeah, it's a little silly, but I'm a big believer in the Bill Murray. You'll, no one's ever going to believe you. There is a conspiracy theory of people saying that they saw Bill Murray on public, and then Bill Murray will make eye contact with them, 
and then do something strange and then say no one will ever believe you and then walk away <laughs> if i was famous that would be the first thing i'd do i'm not gonna lie isn't like, that great <laughs> that's like, incredible yeah I, I mean, I you didn't it. see this there, Bill okay it's so funny that there's no way he wouldn't do that i feel like if you're a certain kind of person especially if you're famous enough that could be so funny Honestly, if I ever became famous, I will do that. Like as long as I'm not recorded, I'll, I'll get away. I'll do it. <laughs> well, now we know. Yeah, yeah. And the problem is, is that everybody has cell phones now, so you got to be really, really That's diligent about part. it. Yeah, making sure no one captures it. Like seeing Bill Murray and having him do the "No one will believe you" is like finding Bigfoot, in my opinion. You've been listening to the Musical Mitten. I'm Maggie. And I'm Bree. The Musical Mitten is a radio show turned podcast that started on WOCR 89.1 The One, the University of Olivet's own FCC-licensed radio station in the fall of 2021. Throughout our past seasons, we've been given the opportunity to explore the past and present of the music industry in Michigan and have had the honor of meeting some of the artists from our state as well. If you want to get involved, please feel free to fill out the forms listed at the bottom of our website, themusicalmitten.com. I was looking at your Twitter before we started this. Oh, no. <laughs> you wrote a score for a short film that made Hell's Half Mile Film Festival. Oh, hey, a horse. That's the name of the film. Story of that. I was hanging out in my room being a baller. I was hanging out just doing my own thing. And when I was uh, about to go to bed that night, because I had a, like a decent bedtime around then, I get this message from my friend Simon. Simon's a cool dude. Simon went to uh, school for film stuff, uh, editing, I believe. And he says, it was something along the lines of like, how fast can you write something? And I was like, I don't know. What do I need to write? And he tells me about this guy named Derek. Derek is cool. Derek, I only met recently. Derek was a gentleman who was also in film school with Simon. He was looking for a score for a short film of his called Oh, Hey, A Horse. Derek was previously using copyrighted music to show off the concept. And I was given a copy of the short film, like the original version of it and told like to match the atmosphere of that track. And it took me three hours. So it was like 2 AM when I finished and I was sleep deprived and I was doing all this weird wonky stuff. I have like a little small synth emulator on my computer that I use. And I was uh, just playing with chords uh, I was trying to think of music like of Debussy, like all these impressionist works. I was making these really fancy long chords and they weren't ever long enough. I didn't like it. So what I did is I wrote down the chords I wanted, played them real quick, and then I let them like breathe, breathe out a little bit, a little longer than the runtime of the film that needed to be. And then I took the audio and I reversed it. And then I layered that on top of the regular audio as it was playing frontwards. So the music for that is going backwards and forwards at the same time, which once I started hearing that and how those harmonies started to blend with each other, I was like, that's it done. And then I started timing out the short itself for all the dialogue. So it'd be like dialogue at 12 seconds, 45 seconds, blah, 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 blah. And then uh, I would play the short with a little keyboard, had another little synth emulator going. And I would do like little small embellishes in the melody for the uh, points without dialogue. That way the melody would never intersect with the dialogue and everything could be sonically in its own place. And then I found out from Derek that we were going to go to uh, Hell's Half Mile 
because he submitted that for the film festival and my boy made it cheers derek and then keep in mind we're only talking over discord this whole time and uh we my girlfriend and i go to hell's half mile and we go to the observatory this movie takes place in space so it's a very fitting location and i go to the observatory and i see derek for the first time in my life man looks nothing like how i imagined him based off like oh hey a horse i expected like this very reclusive very angsty artist type no the dude's like a teddy bear anyway that was the story of oh hey a horse we went to the theater and hearing the music on like a theater sound system so happy it literally made my year i'm so happy to this day i could hear that uh in fact i think i put the music on my band camp so anybody can listen to it Although you're going to need to go to, you know, the observatory inside uh, Bay City to get the full effect. But I'm sure they'll be cool about letting you in. This is Delta College's planetarium. Yes, that's right. Did they have it like projected up on the ceiling in the main observatory or did they have it in one of the other classrooms? It was in the main observatory and it was like projected right on the ceiling. I had to bend my neck at an uncomfortable like 65 degree angle, but it was so worth it. And then you mentioned that you released this on Bandcamp, but it looks like you've released some other music recently. But is there anything else that we should be looking forward to? Yes. Um, so I've got a mess of stuff in back catalogs I released recently. Um, I do an anthology series of just like little background music things I do. It's the stuff I don't want to delete. And I will like keep arch- archived on Bandcamp. Uh, I also put up my second symphony on there. That's been on YouTube for like two years now. I just keep forgetting to put it. Well, actually, the real problem was I didn't have a good cover art for it. So it kept sitting there and sitting there with like no cover art. So I decided on what I wanted to put in there. Um, As well as Mary just went up. That was a demo for a song that was supposed to go on Ugly Boy. However, uh, this was an early, early version of Ugly Boy. Um, the single I have on there, Strain You and Mary, were written around the same time. And at the time, Mary and uh, Strain You were supposed to go on the same album. However, the audio files got corrupted for Mary. So the demo only survived. and I couldn't get the raw files to like work on it anymore. Very sad. So at the time, I was telling my friend Austin about it. And I showed him Mary and Strain You. Strain You was done, but uh, Mary could never be finished properly which I was very sad about. And then he's like, well, thanks for the copy of Strain You. My friend Austin's uh, a music collector. So he was pretty much holding over my head that he had this one single that no one else had access to. So I was like, you know, no, I'm not letting you get away with this. I go downstairs, start petting my dog, give her some belly wubs because she gets like this little crazy face and uh, start editing the photo to make like an album cover because I always knew I wanted to put like my dog on the album cover at one point and then uh use that for the track art and i just uploaded string you like that same evening just to make him upset no exclusivity outside of that i will say there is another album in the works right now it's kind of a twofer it is going to be my first album recorded on tape i bought a tascom port studio for it and a nice cassette And basically the recording process right now is recording digitally. And then we're going to take the uh, recordings and then put them through the tape to get the tape sound, then take them out uh, and export them digitally. It is got three songs done 
Austin has two of them. I really hate that he has two of them. I don't know when it's coming out. It'll probably be sometime next year, probably early next year, but it depends. Everything's written. It's just a matter of getting it arranged and recorded. Just so that like we don't take up too much more of your time, is there anything that you want to add that we haven't asked you yet? I don't know. Music's cool. I love Soundgarden. Soundgarden's a really good band. Mm-hmm. Soundgarden being dead is a sad story, like sad loss for people. Chris Cornell, rest in peace. Sonic Youth is also very cool. David Bowie, though, my heart goes out to David Bowie. Love me some David Bowie. If there's one thing, takeaway, I hope everybody gets out of this. David Bowie was underrated when he was alive. He's underrated as he's dead. So quite frankly, we just don't show enough love for that man. I will say this. There'd be no infamous Orion material without David Bowie. Ziggy Stardust and the Spider... Uh, the rise and fall of Ziggy Stardust and the Spiders from Mars, that did so much damage to me. Unreal. <laughs> Low did an unreal amount of damage to me. Heroes did an unreal uh, Black Star did a lot of damage to me. The next day did a lot of damage to me. Very good album. No one ever talks about that one. Please listen to The Next Day by David Bowie. Very underrated. Especially if you're a Bowie fan and you know like your history of like all the different eras. There's something to love for everybody in that album. Listen to Iggy Stravinsky. Love that album too. Ugly Boy is also good. Listen to the whole band camp. Google the infamous Orion. That's Orion with an O-R-Y-A-N. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you want more, check out our Instagram and Twitter at The Musical MI for announcements, events, and behind-the-scenes content. Also, check out our website at themusicalmitten.com. Again, that's T-H-E-M-U-S-I-C-A-L-M-I-T-T-E-N dot C-O-M. There you can find all of our past episodes, radio show, and podcast, as well as our store where you can get a Musical Mitten sticker for yourself. Typically, by this time of our semester, we've released 10 episodes, but if you've noticed, things have been a bit different this go-around. Because of that, we're taking a break until the new year to bring you more of what makes the Musical Mitten special. That being said, we're not just going to disappear. The day this episode goes live, Monday, November 20th, we are releasing a questionnaire so that you can submit questions to us. We want to give you the opportunity to get to know us a little bit better outside of our regular season. We will be recording a bonus episode answering those questions the first week of December. So get your questions in and watch for that episode's release before the new year. All that to be said, we'll be back before you know it with more Michigan artists here on The Musical Mitten. Catch you later.